HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by Tabard Inn, new American cuisine in one of Washington, D.C.'s oldest hotels, located in DuPont Circle. For more information, visit tabardinn.com. Today's program has been brought to you by Route 11 Potato Chips. Made with a secret recipe and superior ingredients, their mission is to make an outstanding product in a safe and clean environment. For more information, visit www.rt11.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The devil runs his groove in them rhythm and blues that sound. It's gonna get you sound in the end. Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm Damon Bolte. My name is Souther Teague. Hey, Souther. What's, What's been going on, man? Man, tons. What about you? Tons. All right, cool. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> it's been a week now since my book came out. Uh, came out last Tuesday, so we talked about it briefly on last week's show. It's been out one week and one day today. Yeah. Currently holding position as number one new release in mixed drinks and alcoholic spirits. And what? Where are you at? Are you still three thousand one hundred and eighty of all books of all time in uh, for Amazon? I don't know. I haven't checked since last week, but that's impressive really? too. I haven't. I don't know how to check. You're a to, terrible father. I have to reach out to my publisher <laughs> to check that. And I guess being inside of 3,000 on all books on Amazon is a pretty impressive feat. Yeah, Bible, watch out. <laughs> Coming for you. Uh, that, uh, that book got mixed reviews. Um, <laughs> bum, bum. Hey, it's bazing. Uh, yeah, I went down to D.C. for the weekend to kind of get away for a minute. Oh, you did? Yeah. I, I was in Alexandria. Historic Alexandria. Yeah. What'd you do down there? I ate a bunch of oysters and hung out down by the shore. Kind of nothing. It was a little, you know, Labor Day slash escape. Nice. I needed to dodge all this. It's it's a lot. Of, it's a lot. It's very overwhelming for me. Labor Day is a hard one for for people in the industry, I think, because like if you have the weekend off, you've already done like tales of the cocktail and like bar Camp run amok, and run amok twice, Bevcon, and, like, like yeah, Bevcon, like all these things. Like by the end of the summer, you're like, you know what? I just want to lay low. I don't want to. I don't want to like pack a bag and go to the beach. I don't want to do that. I just want to chill out. Yeah. Which is what I did. I hung out in, the, in my motorcycle garage 
pretty much the entire weekend. Nice. And it was the best. But yeah. uh yeah. Well you're also in a bit of transition, right? You're packing up, moving west. Go uh, go west, young man. Yeah. Well, um I'm gonna be out in San Francisco uh part time. I'm basically gonna be in New York as much as I am now, with all my work travel and everything. Right. Um so uh my last regularly scheduled shift Uh-oh. is this Friday at Grand Army. So that is to say, I'm not leaving Grand Army. I mean, oh, I, I, of course not. I'm still it's you your know, baby. part owner. And, exactly. You know, so basically what's going to happen is like, I it, I feel guilty already enough uh, you know, with my, my travel schedule as it is these days and has been for you know the last few years since we've been open. It's like I'm constantly getting my shifts covered, and that's just not fair to my staff. It's not fair to anybody, yeah. I agree. Not, yeah, exactly. So this way, basically what I'm going to do is when I'm in town, I'll pick up as many shifts as I can at yeah. my bar. Sounds red. And the rest of the time I'll be like popping around. And that way to be more sort of fun and spontaneous and yeah. exciting. And it's <laughs> also exciting. We have a lot to uh, to talk about with the uh, the with this show, you know, moving in the future. We've got a lot of new stuff that we're adding because today... Uh, like moving on from today, which is a uh, milestone for me and us. Uh, and open a beer just before you announce this. <laughs> uh, we're going to be adding a lot to the show uh, from this point on because we're going to be, you and I, we travel so much and we, we get do. to meet all these amazing people. Yep. And uh, you plus, know, we've gotten great response from our shows that we do kind of on the road. Yeah. So, and you and I both. Love being on the road. So that's what we're going to do. That's what we're doing. Some more we're, shows from the road. Yeah, exactly. Speakeasy and on the road. Speakeasy on the road, especially because today marks the 300th episode of the Speakeasy. Man, pretty incredible. Pretty and incredible. It's, and it's your 100th. Simultaneously, it's my 100th. That's right. Yeah. I've been on for just over two years, and you've been on for eight. Yeah. Clock and 300 episodes that you've been on. Happy Centennial and Tricentennial, respectively. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Thanks, How many Dave. shows is this for you? A uh, million, I think. <laughs> <laughs> two, maybe two mil. We'll never catch up. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been a really crazy ride, man. Um, you know, honestly, I never would have thought. I, I, I didn't anticipate what was going to happen when I started this show. I didn't think there were going to be any listeners. Uh, you know, except for like maybe my mom calling in every once in a while on my birthday, <laughs> which she has. She has indeed. Uh, a few times, I think. Um, but it's been really amazing. It, and it's just a true testament to our industry and the people who, <laughs> thanks, Dave, <laughs> the people who make this happen, you know, and, uh, and the people who are enthusiasts. And, and I just want to, I just, I just really, I just want to say thank you. Yeah. I, just want to say thank I promised you. myself I wouldn't cry. <laughs> And so I didn't. Um, but yeah, it's it's, it's been, amazing, dude. And I'm so happy to be a part of it. And I'm so glad you brought me on board. And I've, yeah. I, I, like I, I've been quoted numerous times as saying it, and it's still true. This is my favorite thing I do every week. I get to come down here and hang out with you at Roberta's Pizza. I get to sit in the studio and talk to heroes and contemporaries and and unique people that I would maybe have never met. And then we also get to meet a ton of people on the road, yeah. like we we're just talking about. You know, sure, absolutely. Like, it's, it's <clears> which just, has been really eye-opening, too. You know, whenever I am out traveling, I, I can't believe how many people come up to me and say, oh, man, you're that dude from the speakeasy. Uh, and and it's, it's shocking. So I really appreciate all of our listeners out yeah, there. And, absolutely. And so now we're going to actually would, format the show in a little bit of a different way. We're going to start taking it on the road some. We've already, uh, we've already done a little bit of it. Yeah, we already launched a couple of episodes that are on the – they're not on the speakeasy. Uh, Dave, where do you find those? 
What the speakeasy? No, yeah, no the the, <laughs> the Cleveland episode and the and the Let's Get Lit episode. Oh, oh, because oh, uh, they're her- not on the normal thing, right? Right, it's on the right. Blog. Yeah, if you just uh, go to heritageradionetwork.org and search Speakeasy Cleveland, it should come right up. Right, cool. Yeah, yeah, it's like a blog post, so it doesn't yeah. come up with your. And it's like episodes. Uh, we're so we're working on a website renovation, so if uh, any Speakeasy listeners want to help out with that, we'd love you know click on that beating heart to donate. Okay, you nice did. That was very professional. <laughs> yeah, you got it. That was professional. <laughs> <laughs> make it easier to find your favorite Speakeasy content. Contribute to our new website. Oh, hmm. yeah. Make it easier. You know, actually. Um, anyway, just, so so we've got some stuff that's out there already about us yeah. traveling around and talking to people. We did the last year's episode from, or uh, yeah, last year's episode from Tales of the Cocktail, which got great response. So it's just going to be you and I with portable equipment. Kind of all the time. I'm going to carry my stuff around everywhere all the time. And if I've got... We'll still be doing our live interviews. Oh, sure, of course. While we're here. But, but we'll I've be got, on the road. If, if I've got somebody who's interesting at the bar, I might say, hey, man, let me, can you mind if I talk to you for five minutes totally. on the air? Yeah, I man. think it's going to be great for the show. Totally. Stay I'm, tuned, listeners. I'm really excited. And also, speaking of uh, radio and podcasting and kind of our evolution and the way the different ways that... I mean, you were just hanging out with Jack Inslee, who was yeah. our executive producer here forever. He started the station. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, what's up? This is Jack Inslee. <laughs> Thanks for that, Dave. Hey, 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 what's up? Hey, hey. <laughs> All right, um, that's enough. <laughs> but uh, you know, we've uh, you were hanging out with him at BevCon. Yep, a couple weeks ago, right? And then, uh, and then I went to the Line Hotel and was interviewed by him for uh, Shiftering podcast. And Eddie Kim and mm-hmm. uh, uh, we had the great opportunity last summer at Tales of the Cocktail to be on a panel about podcasting, podcasting, broadcasting, radio, uh, based on the uh, the industry, the booze industry, called Hot Mike, and that was hosted by today's our guest. Guest today. Hey. Hi, Kara Newman. In the studio, we have Kara Newman. She's uh, an old friend of the show, an author uh, of several books, uh, most recently. Actually, not even recently. That's come out yet, right? Nightcap yeah, is your not newest out book. Yet. Comes out on October, October 16th. 16th. It's coming. <clears throat> nice. Amazing. Welcome back to the Welcome show. Welcome back to the studio. It's always it also, great to see you. It also turns out that just before the show, we realized you'd been on, the last time you were on the show was almost two years ago. So, yeah, so like, num- number two. Number this, two. You guys are up to 100 and 300. I've got. Two under my belt. All right. Well, not yet. Not till it's over. Uh, <laughs> well, it's live, so it's it's official. Okay. Well, fine. It's over. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so let's talk about all kinds of things. Well, I saw you out in BevCon as well. Absolutely. Send we had, me some books. We had a, a fun time. We were um, both a part of Let's Get Lit, which, uh, again, we've got an episode of that up on, uh, up on the blog post as well. Is that up yet, Dave? Wait, which one? The one about Let's the one The one from BevCon, Let's Get Lit. Uh, I'll have to check with archives. That's a no. The archives department. That's probably not up yet. But yeah, I, I, just I pass I, the blame. I, I did give you. <laughs> I, I did give Dave all that. So we'll post it up as soon as we get it edited down or whatever has to happen. But it was uh, Brad Thomas Parsons, friend to the show as well, an author. He put together a program at BevCon last year in Charleston, South Carolina, called "Let's Get Lit" or "Let's Get Literary." Uh, a bunch of authors got together and read excerpts from works that had yet to be published. Uh, this year, I was invited to speak at that because at that point, just squeaking in with a week to go, my book wasn't out yet. So mm. I was there, and Kara, you were there too, talking about this book here. I how, was. How was BevCon? Did you have a good time? I did. I did. It was my first time in Los Angeles. 
Ever? Ever? Ever. Yes, wow. I know. So I kind of wanted to do everything. I was completely overwhelmed. I felt like I had all of these bars I needed to catch up on and people I needed to see. Um, and then in between everything else, I just wanted to, you know, go to BevCon and hang with my friends. And there was so much going on. I've, How long were you out there? Um, I checked on a couple of extra days. There I was go. there, nice. like, I think, five, five days in total. Cool. What, uh, what kind of, uh, outside of BevCon, what, what were the highlights? Where did you go that you think you'd say to someone else, you should go to this place? Well, I went to the Varnish, and it was my first time there. Well, it was my first time everywhere. Did you get a French dip at Kohl's? No, no. <laughs> I walked Philippe, through, and I sort the, of marveled the at the architecture. Yeah, that's, that's historic stuff. Yeah. Um, no, I sort of, I walked straight into the back and, and just sort of took in all of the... Did you go at night? Splendid. I mean, obviously you went yes. at night. But, like, was, was Kohl's closed? No, no, still open. Okay. There's still people there eating. When I went there so many years ago... Um, I guess they'd been open for maybe like a year and a half, and it was, it was really cool. Like your downtown LA, there wasn't. God, this is like, it's a while back, but it was cool because there was not a lot going on in downtown at that time. And you walk up to Coles and it's closed, and there's a dude in a suit just standing there. You walk up and like, hey, we're here for the varnish. It's like cool. He walks you through a closed restaurant. All the seats are up on the on the tables right. and everything, and the lights are down. <laughs> right, you're you're obviously not supposed to be here. I'm, yeah, we are not supposed to be here. That sounds so you intimidating. Go through the back door, uh, like the, you know, or the the door in the back of like like where the kitchen doors are, and you go into that beautiful little bar. Yeah, so cool. It is pretty rad. I think LA really likes their speakeasies. Yeah, they sure do. I mean, there was I. There's also uh, Slipper Clutch, and that one's in the back of Bar Claxon. And uh, there's also a third place I went to. I can't remember offhand. There's also kind of a speakeasy-esque place. And it's like, wow, you guys really like your speakeasies here. I thought New York was big on that, but L.A. likes it. They love the drama. I don't know. They love drama. They, yeah, well, you know. It's, it's where movies are made. Exactly. <laughs> it's Hollywood, baby. Real bad TV shows. <laughs> oh, Seven Grand. It was the, the whiskey bar. Oh, yeah, Seven Grand, yeah. Yeah. Did you make it over to Harvard and Stone? I did because you were there. That's right. <laughs> Speaking of secret bars within bars. Right, yeah. Harvard and Stone has a bar in the back called R&D, and every Monday night they do uh, guest bartenders, and um, I did a talk at BevCon about pop-up bars, and so I did a pop-up at Harvard and Stone's R&D. It felt so wrong watching you shake a drink instead of doing your usual <sighs> stir tomorrow. You know, everybody says that, but every, every single event that I do not at Amoria Margo, I make sure there's at least one, uh, just so I can kind of... Rebel. Mix it up. So you can exercise. So I can get some exercise, and so I can, uh, you know, it does, uh, you know, for whatever reason, man, people sure are excited to see me shake drinks. People, love, I love Jeffrey Morgenthaler's uh, How to Make a Cocktail video. Oh, man, video. The best. He's like, no matter what the drink is, it doesn't matter if it's like a blended drink, a gin and tonic, you got to shake it. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's what people think cocktails are, and that's yeah. great. That's Cocktail great. shaker. If it's got that icon, then let's let's roll with it. Yeah. Um, so well, let's... Speaking of, let, let's talk to... I feel like this book is probably a lot of cocktails of the style of stirred and and kind of boozy. I don't know. I bet it. I bet it runs the gamut. Let's talk about what the thing is first. Nightcap. N i g h t c a p. Nightcap. Nightcap. Singular. Singular. Talk yeah. about it. What is a nightcap to you? A nightcap is a drink at the end of the night. I mean, it's just that simple. I think it has more to do with the situation than the drink itself. It can be pretty much any 
style of drink. That was actually one of the big challenges, I think, in putting this drink together and putting this book together, because it's not just saying, oh, here's a book about martinis or here's a book about um, spritz style drinks. It can really be almost any kind of drink. It's just about when and how you're consuming it. Hmm. Yeah, I saw somewhere in there you you had a a section about um, nightcap shots, but you go on to say that maybe the nightcap shot isn't necessarily meant to be shot. It's uh, concocted for you, but it's meant to be sipped and savored and sort of close out the evening. Absolutely. I was at the grill. That was the the inspiration for that drink. And I saw a couple at the bar um, who clearly had had maybe, you know, there were one or two or however many in. And the bartender wisely looked at them and, and said, ah, for your end of the evening, here's a nightcap. And he shook up the shaken drink of the paper plane and uh, divided it into four little portions. And uh, it was two couples, if I remember correctly, and just gave each of them a little shot and they just toasted one another and, you know, had a sip, had a couple of sips and they were they were on their way. And it seemed like a really nice, civilized- A very, and, very cordial way to end your evening. Yeah, yeah. it was I festive. Would, yeah. yeah, I always say that I, I don't really do shots. I drink, I drink shots the way I dance. I'm from Oklahoma, I two-step. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah, I've heard you say that before. Hey, yo. thank you. Uh, yeah, you. It's it. Uh, you. You don't take it all down in one go. You have some of it, and then you have some more of it. You know what? It's it's for two reasons. One, I just think that I think that shots are kind of like taking something down that quickly. It's you're trying to get it out of the way. Yeah, it's too fast of a delivery system. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I wish that wasn't like a sound effect, or that that was actually your voice, Dave. <laughs> How do you know it wasn't? Oh, well, I, I, I thought you. it was. Oh, he can, um, see, he can see you. I can't see you. Well, yeah, like shots are functional. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, that's there's the, the fun in that. Yeah, so like to me, you know, if I like, basically, like anytime I'm doing a shot, it's like, or something that is served as a shot, it's a whiskey, a mezcal, or an amaro. Yeah, maybe rum gets thrown in there as well. Hanging out with Eric Job, it's often gin. I dude, I I love drinking gin straight. I do too. But you know what? I don't want to shoot it. I don't want to shoot anything really. Yeah, me either anymore. And uh, yeah, there was yeah, sure. There was a time. There was a time. But oh no, Damon, have we grown up? We have. We're (laughs) we're continuing to age. Now you guys are Peter Pan. You're the Lost Boys. Oh (laughs) jeez, we are. We're lost, all right. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, like the, the thing is also, I think it it. The timeline goes along uh, pretty perfectly. As you get older, you don't want to drink shitty booze. You want to drink really great stuff, and you want to like enjoy really savor it, it. Enjoy savor it. it. Yeah. So that's why, like, I'll take, you know, if it's in a shot glass, like your standard, like ounce, ounce and a quarter shot glass, it's like those are two pretty decent sized sips. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't need to do the whole thing all at once. Also, just like whenever you're doing any kind of other tasting, it's like it tastes a little bit. Get your palate acclimated to it, and then you taste it again. It's going to taste differently on the second sip. Anyway. Yeah, absolutely. You're, you're going to kind of like open up your taste buds. So, like to me, I mean, I understand the the joviality of like clinking glasses and throwing it down and partying and stuff like yeah, that. But, but I don't know. I part. I think I, I do this all the time. <laughs> so right, I, exactly. I don't, I don't need We're to. We're boxes in the hen house. We have it yeah. at, at our disposal at all times. But, so, but let's get back to yeah. so we, we we tangented off on shots in general, but let's talk about the nightcap more. Um, do you feel that maybe? Well, first of all, what was your impetus for writing this book? 
It was just a, a topic that hadn't been adequately explored, in my opinion. Uh, there was probably an aha moment when I was in Chicago and I was sitting at the bar um, at Balea, which is inside the, the Kimpton Hotel. And uh, it's relevant that it's a hotel bar because I was uh, sitting there just watching people come and go. And uh, on their menu, they had a section called Before Bed, which I hadn't really seen on a, a drink menu before. That and makes sense. You're at the hotel bar. You're probably, you're probably not far from your bed. Exactly. For the night, anyway. Exactly. But there were people who were ordering them, and some of them had a bit of coffee. And the bartender explained, well, you know, those are for some people who aren't necessarily going straight to bed. You know, maybe they want Or straight to sleep. <laughs> right. The nightcap has all kinds yeah. of roles, let me tell you. Uh, but he was saying, you know, some people are having a nightcap and they're going off and dancing. I see that list of his grin. Um, and there are people who are, you know, having just one more drink and having a conversation at the bar. And there are some people who are having a drink and, yeah, going back to their hotel room and dot, dot, dot. And that all of a sudden sort of crystallized in my mind that here's a, a drink with multiple roles, even when it's the same drink. It, yeah. There's just a lot to it. I have to find that when it's in a situation at a bar and someone's like having a nightcap, they, it ends up being a conversation piece as well, because especially if it's a straight spirit, like, like, let me paint a picture for you. So I'll have uh say at the corner of the bar, I'll have four people, like say two couples and they're sitting there, two of them are grabbing their check, but they wanted to grab a nightcap before they leave. Uh, digestivo or something like that. They order something, I pull out the bottle, suggest it to them, like, say it's, I don't know, Nardini Amaro or, or Fernet or, like, it's a, a scotch or something. It's a conversation starter. And then, inevitably, every time, whoever's sitting around those people who are having the nightcap, they will inquire, like, what are you, what is that? Yeah, what are, what you are they having? Monkey see, monkey do. Yeah. And then, the check gets reopened, yep. you know, and then they make friends and then all of a sudden they have another round. It, so a nightcap isn't necessarily the last drink of the night in most occasions, you know, which I think is pretty magical. Yeah. It, it can definitely be a conversation extender for sure. Yeah, it's a wind down. You're not going to like... Sometimes it's a wind up. Yeah. Right? I yeah. do think of... Rosie Shep had a, a great comment. She wrote a piece about the nightcap for the New York Times magazine and her comment was, you know, if you're having more than one, it's not a nightcap. It's just another round. <laughs> well, that's fine, funny. too. Yeah, but, you know, there, it has a lot of roles. You know, it's... it's well, and like Damon was saying, I think some, you never really know. Like, remember when we had the gatekeepers on, Josh and, and Santi? Yeah. And it's like, it's a hard job that they have because often they look at a guest and they'll be like, okay, those guys are those guys have their check in their hand. They're paying their bill. They're almost about to leave. So I can call these guys and tell them their, their table, their seat's almost ready at the bar. And then they pay their bill. And then they reopen their check. Like it's, a, you know, yeah. we never quite know where it ends with, with our service, you know. The you can look at a table and see they're on dessert and coffee, they're paying yeah. their bill and leaving. Right? I love this whole psychology of the, the bar, the psychology of a nightcap even. Man, of every step of the way, the psychology of the first drink of the evening. Yeah. That's true. And this is the polar opposite of the, the aperitivo. I think we drink for every conceivable. It's like the word fuck. It means everything. We drink for every reason. Yeah. We drink for celebration, we drink for sorrow, we drink for everything in between. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to open this. Speaking of celebration. Speaking of celebration. Uh, I don't know, you brought it. It's a Cremant. Cremant de Jura. 
so so nice. normally my my move with opening a bottle of oh do you want to do this champagne? no it's no no, no. Yeah, never mind so uh, <laughs> not, well normally what I do no oh, I, I don't saber I don't saber uh, I saber awesome. but uh, I take the bottle outside and I pop the cork people have seen this a lot if you've been to my bar Green Army pop the cork outside let flap in the air you know four or five stories and then <laughs> as it comes down to take off my hat and catch it in my hat. I did it at Tails at the Spirit Awards, actually, you in did. the theater. You did, because that theater had such a high ceiling, and they yeah. had, they had uh, bottles of uh, bubbly on all the tables, and you had a hat on, as always. Dave, I'm pouring you one, too. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> Give him an inch, he takes a mile. Um, <laughs> Cheers. So we're drinking some Cremant, which is not necessarily a nightcap, but not, not a nightcap. There's always a time be. for bubbles, man. Uh, Who right. says you can't have a nightcap in the middle of the afternoon? That's right. <laughs> you know what? Actually, uh, this guy Ben, who used to date uh, Linnell at Linnell's famous Linnell's mothers, um, he, famous he came Linnell's into uh, he came into Linnell's one day, and he was buying a bottle of champagne. And I've told this story probably too many times, but he brings it up to the counter. You go to check him out, and like, so what's the uh, what's the occasion? He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, oh, champagne. Are you celebrating something? He's like, no. I celebrated last night. I'm restocking. That's right. <laughs> He's like, you should always have a bottle of champagne around. J- just for any any occasion. Because you, if you don't have it around when the, you know, when when the, the occasion around, arises, you're ill-prepared. You're gonna, yeah, exactly. Well, on that note, cheers. we need to take a break. We do, We're halfway yeah. through the show. Cheers, y'all. Cheers, cheers. 300. 300. Karen Newman. Cheers, Back buddy. in a flash. following program has been brought to you by Tabard Inn. Tabard Inn, Washington, D.C.'s quintessential small hotel, is located on a quiet, tree-lined street just five blocks from the White House. Vibrant yet unassuming, the Tabard is comprised of 40 sleeping rooms, each unique in character and design. Feast on eclectic American cuisine in their acclaimed restaurant, or enjoy a cocktail and listen to live jazz in one of their cozy Victorian seating areas. Mingle with travelers from around the world who find the Tabard the only place to stay when taking their travels to Washington. For more information, visit tabardin.com. The following program has been brought to you by Route 11 Potato Chips. From the moment Route 11 Potato Chips dropped their first batch of chips back in the early days of 1992, they understood their destiny as a high-quality producer. Instead of succumbing to the frenzy of mass production, they took advantage of their small size and made chipping a personal art form. The payoff was immediate. An incredible potato chip. With a secret recipe and superior ingredients, their mission is to make an outstanding product in a safe and clean environment. 
In this world of uncertainty that we live in, Root 11 Potato Chips believes comfort food should be just that. Know where your food comes from. For more information, visit rt11.com. And we are back. You're listening to the 300th episode 300. of the Speed TV on Heritage Radio Network. And we are drinking bubbly, but we're about to start eating some decadent chocolate and drinking some, one of my favorites, Armagnac. Dude, I've got... You've got a lot of drinks in front of you. I've got, like, I've got cider and champagne and... Well, it's not champagne. It's Cremant de Jure, um, which is Method Chocolat. And then we've got some Armagnac. With this ch- might be... Th- with the chocolates. And we've got chocolate. Oh, my God. This with, is, uh, the chocolate has booze in it, too. It every, is decadent. I read the box. So do we. I mean, like, everything here has booze in it. The walls are made of booze. But the... Uh, this is great, because we haven't really, like... We haven't really had a lot of Armagnac on the show. I don't think we have. And I love the stuff. As you know, I uh, I just opened a place that's very French-inspired. How does this... This is a, it's weird. There's a, a like a little cork, a cork enclosure okay. inside. Hopefully, there, we'll, go. there you go. I was trying to twist it off. It's a cork. Uh, <laughs> uh, you want to talk about this Armagnac? Oh, sure, sure. It's a VSOP from Casta Red. And uh, it's a, an Armagnac house I, I visited um, maybe three or four years ago. It's run by Florence Castored, who is, I mean, a, an amazing, um, badass, sixth-generation brandy producer. When I grow up, I want to be her. And she produces these amazing old world Armagnacs, and it's just it's one of my my favorites. The the category and and in terms of the producer, so I was happy to have an excuse to to break it out and kind of think about how how a nightcap can be a straight pour as well as a cocktail. It's all good. Well, yeah, yeah I think you know. Uh, oftentimes, I think we forget about what's outside the glass too. You know, I, as soon as you pulled this out, it made sense to me. I was like, oh, she brought his Armagnac. That's that's cool. I'm wondering how she's going to tie this into the nightcap thing. And then you pulled out chocolates, and I was like, oh, yeah, Armagnac and chocolate? That's what I want on my hotel. It's right? funny. A lot of... On my bed, I want to come home to this little adorable 200-milliliter yeah. bottle and, and, and a nice piece of chocolate. That's a nightcap. A lot of bartenders told me that was one of their personal favorites in terms of a nightcap was Armagnac and dark chocolate. Or some people even said Mezcal and dark chocolate, which seems a little oh, yeah. aggro to me, but, you know, to each their <laughs> own. That smoky layer and chocolate, why not? Yeah, some peaty scotch and chocolate. Chocolate... Chocolate rules. <laughs> well, especially, I don't really do sweets, and we talked about this before. Damon doesn't either, but when the ones that I do are typically the ones that toe that line between bitter and sweet. Right. And I think chocolate, especially darker, more heavy cacao chocolates, toe that line. Darker, All things in moderation. Darker, lighter. Including moderation. Drier. And better. on top of it, I ran into um, a producer of nightcap chocolates and i insist so that you have to read what you just you just read off the side of the oh yeah because cool. it's he makes it sound like poetry it's hilarious it is poetry it's a poem uh what's i can't read the name because it's in this weird font comparte it looks like c-o-m-p-a-r i hope so i hope it's french it would go so well with our seems, it seems that it is french i'm gonna say that it's french even though it's a, I it comes from grabbed los it off angeles <laughs> and we're having uh, we're gonna have the uh, the dark chocolate whiskey and on the back it says smoky whiskey intoxicating haze like a late night lover calling your name Dark and deep and sweet and bitter, a chocolate bar that's a real go-getter. I feel like snapped, like a, <laughs> like one of those poetry spoken readings. Spoken word, spoken word. Nice. So now we've got Cremant, Armagnac, and chocolates in front of us. Oh man! And now we've talked about what nightcaps are. I I want to touch back. Oh, on we're touching back. The, uh, the how many? I poured you an Armagnac as well, Dave. So the uh, yeah, you did. So you said like before that you were at the grill and you saw these. 
quartet uh, having small paper planes, yes. right? Yes, yes, yes. Which is a sour drink. I personally, I don't, I don't want anything shaken and sour like before. If if it is a true like last drink before I hit the hay, I I don't know. I just I, citrus is too stimulating. citrus is too much. I, I want something that. that's like kind of boozy and bracing, or well, just like kind of like. So your book is a, a compilation of recipes from. Are any of them from you? Uh, there are a couple that so, I, I so, workshopped. So, so from both you and and the compilation from who you reached mostly, out to. They're mostly bartenders. And I was one of the people you reached classic. out. So was Damon, and we both made the cut. Apparently, we're both in the book. Um, but you also sent it with like a little questionnaire, like what to you is a nightcap. And I remember saying something along the lines of like, for me, it's like soothing maybe it's warm but it's probably almost always creamy i think i said in my answer and then the drink i turned in had a cream component right yeah no it was fun if i remember correctly it was cognac and oh i should brought it in with this it was cognac i believe and a tea syrup Mm -hmm. and cream and yeah yeah. served warm it's a warm drink i remember the the cream is uh, shaken and served on top cold uh that was one i i test drove at home how it it called oh thanks yeah, uh, bergamot tea syrup uh, with uh, heavy cream and, and lots of orange bitters, which is, this is a thing I do a lot with drinks, actually. Not a Demori Margo. Um, I'll dash heavy dose of bitters into a, a shaker with some cold cream and no ice and give that a nice, uh, vigorous shake, and it'll froth it up, and it'll sit nicely on top of drinks. So you've got this, like, in this case, orange bitters and cream, but, like, you can use any bitters, I think, and, and create a, a creamy flavored layer on top of your drink and this drink happens to be a warm drink or a hot drink too so that's nice yeah. you just take a sip and the first thing you get is that little soothing orange aroma and then the tea directly after that and it was yeah it's just very very calming yeah so i think i'm uh, i think that was a long way of answering i, I agree damon i think uh, for me anyway uh, a nightcap doesn't necessarily involve citrus probably isn't a shaken drink either what would you say is your like outside of the the one that you submitted for this book what, like, what, what is your good? I know how you wake up. You always have an underbird before your yeah. feet hit the floor. Bracing. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, that that's, but you have it in bed? <laughs> yeah, they're right next to my bed. So, wow. yeah. Yeah. Before uh, his feet I, hit the I, ground. I, I, I always say before my feet hit the ground, I have an underbird. Because I wake up and I lay there and I look at Have you ever Instagram. approached them to sponsor the show? No, it's a great idea, though. Oh, my God. Uh, ding, 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 ding. Note to self <laughs> reach out to underbird. Um, Hey, Southern, when you're listening to this episode later, remember this part. Um, Future Southern. Come yeah. see me at my bar. Tell me I sent you. <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah, the time is warped. We do. We have a time machine. So what does your end of night go to? Yeah. Um, Thank you, Kara. <laughs> yeah, for getting us back on track. For grabbing the wheel. Um, <laughs> man. It, it, okay, so let's, let's, let's take away the fact that probably most nights... Uh, that's just going to be a neat pour of something. And let's say, if I was going to have a cocktail, I think I'm going to have something... Well, you can tell us both. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, then the easy answer, of course, old over old rye whiskey, my favorite rye whiskey. But beyond that, I think... Well, you know, for a long time I was actually... And this is a goofy reason. For a long time I was actually drinking uh, Louis Royer XO Cognac at night before going to bed. And the reason was when Nicholas Royer was, was working for the family here in New York City, he had all these minis made. The, and they, they're in the same shape as the, the XO bottle. They're beautiful, but they're, you know, they're nips. But there was some issue with the labeling. It had all the right information of what it is, but it, some TTB issue. So they couldn't sell them. So when he was moving back to France, he was like, hey, do you want some of these? And I was like, sure, I'll take some. And he goes, okay. And then he showed up at my bar with 14 cases of them. <laughs> 
So I just had all these minis. So I was drinking those. So cognac to finish my night is often a thing, um, or rye whiskey. But if I'm going to have a cocktail, it's probably going to be something in the Manhattan family and probably something like a black Manhattan, a Manhattan that uses rye whiskey or, or maybe even cognac and some sort of a Amaro to give it a dark, spicy note. What about you? I think I'm more of a, a straight pour. I mean, lately I've also been experimenting with... I'm going to break some of this chocolate. Go for it. Right. Lately I've been experimenting with just two ingredient drinks. Usually it's an Amaro and a, a dark spirit. Um, I've been working mostly with Amaro, Nanino, and, uh, and rye whiskey. That's been my, my end of end of night. Hard to get out of this package. Usually right. kind of, <laughs> I know, they're, they're really... It's really strangely packaged. <laughs> you cannot break into these chocolates. You need to be really, really motivated to, to eat this chocolate. Um, but usually like a 50-50 or a bit more Amaro than, than whiskey, maybe ice, maybe not. Uh, just kind of depends what the weather's like outside. Cool. So. I do like a 50-50. This chocolate is delicious. It is. I, I, I'm <laughs> having is, a hard time focusing right now because mm. this chocolate is so good. It's a bad idea to feed you guys chocolate and then ask you to talk about things. Oh, my God. This is very challenging. So I'm just going to take over from here. It was nice having you as the co-host. Mm. No, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> What's your end of night go-to? Oh, and go so to? good with this Armagnac. Yeah, it's perfect. Um, I'm, a, I'm kind of in the same. Um, I don't want anything too... Too... Racing. like I typically like I like a straight spirit um, and it's typically a cognac really typically a cognac um, I love cognac Me too. I think it's I, I think it's a very we talked um, about that a lot we both love cognac underappreciated uh, category in the United States market it's um, it's like that or an inverted Manhattan Oh, right. Or, or, lower the proof. or Martinez. Yeah, lower the proof. Or like, a, like an original Martinez. So it's like two ounces of vermouth to one ounce of old-time gin, and or two ounces of vermouth to one ounce of rye. Mm-hmm. Lower the proof. Um, and that's... Because, uh, you know, I used to... like I would have like a glass of like sherry or port or Madeira uh, before bed, but then I was like, just I, I started really getting into the the idea of like the inverted uh, cocktail like a long time ago and I, don't know, I just think it's especially especially because we have so many good vermouths out there in in our market whereas we didn't before so it's a, it's an exciting category as well so to to make a a Martinez or an inverted Manhattan it really lets the the vermouth shine. You see, now I'm not surprised that you're both talking about either straight pours or straightforward um, drinks because typically as bartenders, I'd imagine you spend your days creating more complicated drinks, thinking about more complicated drinks, and then towards the end of your, your day, I mean, if it were me, I could just imagine my brain completely shutting off and I wouldn't want to do much more than just a pour. I mean, yeah, I mean, the, the actual bartender nightcap is a a cheap beer and a shot of Frenet. I mean, <laughs> if, if, yeah. you, if you get down to it, that's the end of the night drink for them. Right. So, it, it, you know, after this is definitely last call territory. Yeah, well, totally. I mean, but then, you know, again, that's, uh, like you, like you were saying that, you know, you spend your entire night hustling and making all these involved cocktails and then, you know, you, you don't want to make yourself a cocktail or even, Sometimes you even think about them. You just want a beer and a, a shot, or maybe it's a 
maybe it's a 50-50 shot, like a Jimbo shot, which is like sure. Overholt and uh, Maletti tomorrow, you know, like right. that kind of thing, or a CIA, or you know, something, a hard start, you know. The hard start gets a shout out in the book, by the way. Oh, really? <laughs> it, yeah. does. Nice. it does. It does. Because that's that's actually our boilermaker for like the staff. It's, what beer uh, do you go with it? Miller Lite in the can. Miller Lite and a hard start. Miller Lite and a hard start. The, Does that combo have a name? The Happy Meal? It's just it's the Grand Army Boilermaker. It's on the menu. Oh, nice. Yeah. And Can you, you add a, champagne? And you get a koozie with it. It says, <laughs> the koozie says, my other beer is a Fernet Branca. Yeah. <laughs> ding, ding. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, there we go. <clears throat> but, yeah. It, so, I flipped open to your page, Damon. You're in here. And you know what? Everything you said kind of mimics what you what you wrote, uh, what you, what you uh, contributed, anyway. You made uh, a thing called the Storm King. Uh, it's a blended scotch, Nocino Benedictine, uh, with Angostura and brandy cherries. It's basically a Manhattan. It's like other by the way, is reading this, and you have to get the visual. It looks like he's about to read us all a bedtime story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is it? Seriously, very nice. Gather around to <laughs> listen to Grandpa T. It's like it's basically it's like it's a Bobby Burns, but yeah, using Nocino sure. in place of the vermouth. And it again, it's like also I don't. I don't know if this I makes one. It's, it's like if I want every drink today. It's our 300th, and I took tonight off. You did? Oh my god! All right, that's insane. So, well, I, I think another part of the nightcap is like, especially at home, and this, I think it makes. I'm just okay. I'm thinking out loud, but so last night I was closing the bar, and at the end of the night, we crack open some Miller Lights and we pour ourselves some some hard starts. Which, for the listeners, that's equal parts for that Bronca and Bronca Minta. Um, Invented by you at Prime Eats. Do you? It's a scaffa. Yeah. Do you do you keep that prepared, bottled and ready, or do you pour I have every a time? three liter Fernet bottle? Bottle. Is it a Fernet bottle? Yeah. Nice. And, and it's always full of hard starts. Yeah. It's gigantic. <laughs> I'm just shaking my head at this. Um, oh, <laughs> oh man. So As you should. So the thing is, like at the end of the night, it's like, all right, we're. We're counting the money. We've already done all the dishes and everything. Uh, you know, we're sick of doing dishes. Yes, we're cracking beers that we can, you know, recycle after, like on our way out, right? And have have that There's one no, last shot. Yeah, exactly. There's no glassware with the can yeah. of beer. So to me, it's kind of the same way. Like, I like if I'm at home, I don't want to shake up anything with citrus or egg white or anything because I don't want to do dishes. Right before going to bed, or worse, leave them until the you morning. Leave when them until the morning. Crusty and hard, yeah. Yeah. So, like, that's why I, it's always like I, I, I need pour or something that of, of a like a boozy, bracing kind of thing. That way, I know I can at least just rinse it out and then leave it in the sink or whatever. You know, I don't have to do too much work after that. Cause yeah, I think it's interesting that you mentioned being or at just a, leave it on my nightstand. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's interesting that you mentioned being at a hotel when you noticed this list of before bed cocktails. Because that seems like the ideal place to have it. Yeah. I may You're be I may bed. be pushing too hard at a bar to have a nightcap because I still got to get home, mm-hmm. and I definitely don't kind of want to make one at home as Damon just described. But if I'm at a hotel, just an elevator right away from my bed, nightcap sounds like the perfect idea. I mean, it seems like it has a a, a certain number of components. Like even just to go back to the the Storm King to Damon's drink, it had a lot of the things that I would look for in a nightcap. It's strong enough on their own. Yeah, right, yeah, for yeah. sure. Scotch, I mean, Nocino, Benedictine. Yeah, why not? Absolutely. Every last one of those would be lovely on their own as an end-of-night drink. But you've got this drink that's strong enough that uh, you would, it would relax you. It's made with a brown spirit, which I find has those, those comforting, you know, caramel, Warm, Kind of vanilla. warming notes as well. 
Right. I don't think an unaged. I mean, as much as I love a martini, I think a martini is kind of too stimulating. A little bracing, a little crisp. Yeah, yeah. That's gonna. That's a. That's a pick me up more than a set me down. But yeah, set me down. It's a good one. I wish I'd use that in the book. And then it has these these sweeteners, these modifiers. It has the the Benedictine, the the sugar and spice, and you and the Nocino, the the warming, comforting, nutty tones. And you put it all together, and it's this lovely sipper that you just want to hang out with until you you just relax into whatever your evening is going to be. Your drinks put us to sleep, Damon. That's what you said. <laughs> I put most people to sleep. Um, <laughs> This I mean, have you listened to this show? It's going to put everyone to sleep. <laughs> it's very relaxing. Yeah. yeah, I'm sipping on Armagnac and eating chocolates, and we're talking about I'm wondering, going like, to bed. Gonna... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> slowly drifting off to sleep. On I a think our cadence is slowly thick, getting slower. A thick, and slower. pillowy mattress with a fluffy marshmallow <laughs> pillow. A scent of lavender floating through the air. Oh my God. Cracked, <laughs> window, cracked window with a breeze and the goslin curtains flowing in it. Starlight Netflix, twinkling. Netflix just on the home page. Just Starlight like twinkling showing in. Showing something on repeat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, but I was wondering, actually, so I was wondering if this was actually a, a process that, I mean, like all things, it was kind of like trial and error, uh, but like the process of the nightcap becoming a thing, based on what we've talked about today and about how these drinks tend to lean on the more like spirit forward warming vibe like it's kind of almost like like chicken and the egg kind of situation right like like, what came first like was it because this drink was so warming and relaxing that it was the last drink that you had or was it something that was thought out like just by chance you were like oh it'll just put me to sleep it's terroir you know oftentimes you choose the thing based on the environment so like I think if, yeah, you're, but if you're already I, thinking about going to bed, you're probably not thinking about a Ramos Gin Fizz. No, I did I know, find a little history, though, behind the, oh, the word of the nightcap. I mean, it actually goes back to approximately the 1850s. I mean, if this hasn't put your, your listeners to sleep, a little history lesson will. <laughs> but uh, just really, really quickly. It's the 300th episode. We are old, so <laughs> yeah. please. Um, I did find a, a book in, in doing my, my research um, that was out of Oxford University, and it, was, it uh, referenced the nightcap but said absolutely nothing about what a nightcap could be. It just had all these drinks that seemed very nightcap appropriate, you know, lots of egg-rich drinks. I know pain in the neck to... Mm-hmm to clean at the end of the night, uh, hot toddies, lots of hot toddies. And then um, around 1850, um, I found a definition talking about the nightcap, and it did actually reference either a, a gin sling or a hot toddy. Uh, one is a nightcap. You have the second. It's called a string to tie it with. Oh. I wish I'd thought of that as a, a, a drink name for the book, a string to tie it with. That's... Yes, your nightcap and a string to tie it with. Nice. Karen Newman, you're a delight. Um <laughs> You just say that because I bring chocolate. Nah, that's not all. That's not well, entirely that's part true. of it. Yeah, it's not, it's, not, it's, not all, it's not the whole truth. So, listen, uh, your book, Nightcap, N-I-G-H-T-C-A-P, all one word, is available already? It's um, on are you, Amazon. Are you spelling it out because of... Because the, there's two, you know, it's Nightcap, and there's N-I-T-E. two words, and there's an I-T-E. Like, so I want people to be able to search okay, it and find it. Sure. It's yeah. available for pre-order. So it's on pre-order on things like Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and all that jazz. And all the lovely independent bookstores, too. And it'll be out on the 16th, you said, of, of October. October. Yes, so not too far away. Um, and prob- I, I think that's a great time to come out with a book like this, right before the holidays, where everybody's going to be having totally. a lot of cheer in them, and they might want something to help put them to bed. Friends and family. Mm-hmm. Gatherings. Gatherings and whatnot. No. 
and plenty of ho- plenty of stays in hotels probably. probably. Um, no doubt. Do you have some social media you'd like to plug? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Kara Newman, on Instagram Newman underscore Kara. Somebody else got to my name first. Ah, damn it! I never even post anything. <laughs> I just don't understand people. Yeah, well, uh, cool. So, uh, everybody, get out there and get your copies of Nightcap and enjoy these drinks, some of them made by Damon and myself. Um, yeah, I think that's it for 300. Uh, you know what I'm doing tonight? I should have mentioned at the top of the show so people listening can get, yeah. get their shit together. Uh, Chris Hanna and uh, Nick Dietrich, uh, famed bar duo from New Orleans, Louisiana, who own their uh, newest bar, Manolito, are opening soon a bar called Jewel of the South. And they are here in town and going to be doing a preview slash pop-up at my bar, um, Blue Quarter. So Jewel of the South tonight from 7 until we close at Blue Quarter. Um, So I should have mentioned that at the top, but I was all caught up in the celebration. Yeah, we have plenty more champagne and chocolate and Armagnac to go as well. So Mm. it's a good thing you took off uh, work tonight. That's right. Um, Yeah, I definitely want to say, you know, again, that... uh, we have a lot of great shows coming up and a lot of exciting new things for the show. And just want to say thank you again to all of our listeners. Thanks. Heartfelt our and sponsors, deep thank you. Yes, to everybody. To the station, to Heritage Radio. All our guests. All our guests. Um, I can't even... Roberta's can't, Pizza. Oh, yeah. Thanks for keeping us... Uh, Fed and housed. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, it's just been, it's been a wild ride. And it's been really cool to meet so many great people through a medium that just really didn't exist so much before. and Right, and we get the unique opportunity to meet these people if we haven't met them before and to introduce them to an audience yeah. so that may may not ever get to meet them. Yeah. So what a great what a great privilege it is to sit here every week. Yep, absolutely. On that note, thanks for tuning in to The Speakeasy on Heritage Radio Network. Go to the station's website, heritageradionetwork.org. Click on the beat and heart to keep us alive and kicking and... You know, have another 300 episodes, hopefully. Here's to another 300. Here's to that. Cheers, y'all. Thanks, Kara. Happy Boozaversary. <laughs> so you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The devil runs his groove in the rhythm and blues that sound. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network food radio supported by you for our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events subscribe to our newsletter enter your email at the bottom of our website heritageradionetwork.org connect with us on facebook instagram and twitter at heritage underscore radio heritage radio network is a non-profit organization driving conversations to make the world a better fairer more delicious place and we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.